Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the 1970 Podcast. I'm back. I'm your host, Ed. Joining me as always, Mark Damon. Mark, it's a great occasion. PSG are through to the semifinals. I don't know if I ever thought we would make it this far, but we're finally there. A huge win over Atalanta, 2-1. First of all, how are you doing? And tell us a little bit how you watched the match yesterday. Well, thank you very much, Ed. Um, and nice to have you back. Um, <laughs> hope you're doing well in Joseph Smith country. Yes. <laughs> um, no, but it, I was... Uh, I've, I've calmed down, obviously. So we've had about 24 hours to sort of decompress and, and think about it. And I kind of still feel the way I did when the game ended in the sense that it, on the 50th anniversary of the club... In probably the biggest game the club's had, you know, in a while. I mean, going to the quarterfinals of a Champions League with a legitimate chance, you know, to go to the go to the semifinal. Like this was all kind of set up for them, and the roadblocks were there. And about eighty nine minutes later, you're starting to think to yourself, well, you know, you can't really justify them losing that match because, quite frankly, they were the better team for most of that. And Atalanta really were not, um, they really were not forceful. I don't think they were very good offensively. And a lot of that had to do with PSG's ability to shut them down. But you were still going to lose the match. And it was going to come down to, and I'm telling you right now what I was going to say. And I was going to say that game was over in the first three minutes when Neymar missed that that first chance. And that would have been the story. And we would have, you know, glossed over how well Neymar played and how well Kylian Mbappe did off the bench and how excellent the game plan was by Tomas Tuchel to get PSG to a point where they could win that match shorthanded by so many players. But none of that really would have mattered. What the only thing that would have mattered is that miss. And then the miss after that, and then the miss after that. And the story would have been that Neymar was paid 220, PSG paid 222 million euros for a player that in the moment when he had the chance to prove his greatness, couldn't do it. And that would have been very depressing of a story to tell here on this show. And I wasn't looking forward to it, but once that goal, that, that Marquinhos goal goes in at that point, I I'm pretty, that it's like, it's flipping that switch. And I go from, Oh, this is, you know, once again, same old PSG to we're going to win this game. Like at that point, I had very little doubt that they were going to find that second goal. And of all the people to score that second goal, and I'll, I'll write an article about this later in the week, but you remember when we signed Chupa Moting, right? Yeah, I don't. I forget what year it was, but um, it was yeah, 2018. Please. It was the. It was. It was that horrible transfer window where they got Buffon and they got um, Bernard. Well, we thought it was a horrible transfer window where they got Buffon. They really couldn't spend any money, so they sold a bunch of people. And then on the last day, in the last like half hour, PSG signed Maxim Chupa Moting. And the fan base, I think, may have never been at a lower point. Maybe the remontada was the lowest point, but that was a pretty low point. And it was not a shining moment for our fan base, the way they sort of took to that news. You know, they sort of thought, hey, this guy's a joke. You know, why he's he's not good enough to be at PSG, so why the heck are we signing people like this? And, you know, it's funny how sports work. This, you know, this has happened over the years. You have guys like David Tyree and Bobby Thompson and Bucky Dent. You have people that aren't exactly household names that come in and they have the moment of their life in the biggest moment of the year. And Chupa Moting did that. And he was at the right place at the right time. And he did what he needed to do. And... At that point, you know, they, they show Tuchel celebrating on the sideline. That was basically my reaction. I think pretty much if, if you showed a side-by-side, that was pretty much how it went. And for about the next 10 minutes, I very much 
couldn't contain my delirium and excitement. So I haven't had a, a sporting moment like that in a long time. So I, I, you, you don't want to take those for granted. So I, I, I sort of, you know, you try to bottle that up because it is that sort of joy that you, you can only sort of, that only really sports can give you. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm sure, you know, when your son was born or, when your kid was born, it was, you know, it, it was the happiest moment of your life, but it's a different kind of happy. It's not a jump up in the air and, and pump your fist and run around the house kind of excited. This is like a jump. This is like a, you're, you're like an excited kid and it makes you feel young again. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm so happy that those players were able to experience that because a lot of those guys had experienced a lot of crap and have had to take a lot of crap dessert. Yes. Deserved crap, (laughs) but they've had to take it and they've had to eat it and they've had to go through, you know, these seasons knowing that everything they've done while impressive doesn't, it has sort of an asterisk to it because they couldn't do it in these big champions league matches. And now they have, and they've done it in a, in a round of 16, against Borussia Dortmund when they had to win back against the wall. And then they did it in a quarterfinal where they were, they were five minutes away from another sort of embarrassing defeat, another sort of defeat that would have made them have to rethink things again. And it would have really put a dent in the progress that they'd made. And it wouldn't have been a complete catastrophe, but it would have been bad. And they avoided that. They found a way. They played hard the entire match. They didn't really... You never saw them sort of hang their head. You never saw them give in. And you feel like... And I'm not going to say destiny because they still have to do it. But you just get that feeling that this has to end in the final one way or the other. (laughs) You just get that feeling. And I've gotten this feeling before when watching my sports teams. And usually you can feel it as a fan. Mm -hmm. And you know that whatever is thrown at this team, they're going to give it a good, you know, they're going to give it 100%. They're going to play hard. They're going to. They're going to represent the team and the city and the fans. And that's a great feeling to have because PSG fans haven't always had that feeling. And it's always felt like PSG's fans are sort of more into it and more emotional about it than the actual players are. And that's never a good place. That's not anymore. That's never a good place to be. And PSG are not in that place anymore. You know, these players care. You know they're giving 100%. You know that they're playing as a team, that they're sacrificing, that they're enjoying the moments, and they're not getting, you know, they're not being dwarfed by them. And this is a, this is a special day. It was a special day. And it ha- had to be on the 50th anniversary, and I said it in that tweet, it's, the, I think, the greatest moment in the club's history on the field. I, I don't, you know, 95, they got to the semifinal. It was kind of a different time. It, it wasn't as big as it is now. Now you've got millions, if not close to billions of people watching this thing. And this is, I think, it's, and they need to do more, and they will do more. I think they will do more. I think they'll, I, I, I'm, more cautiously optimistic than I've ever been with this team. And they're just keep proving it. And I just, I can't get over sort of the, the ability to just come back like that. They just, I didn't a hundred percent know they had that in them because that's the kind of, those are the kind of victories that define clubs and really kick off, golden ages of 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 football clubs and it's just it's hard to put it into words because i don't think psg fans have ever really had anything comparable to this 
They've beaten big clubs, but I don't think they've ever had a moment where it looked so dark and then it just turned around like that. Like that that's new. That hasn't happened really before in, in this sort of direction. It's always been Barcelona, you know, finishing PSG off or Manchester United. It's always gone the wrong way. And finally, like you said, finally something went PSG's way. And and I don't even think it's to me like luck has nothing to do with it. The PSG were the better team, and PSG game planned better. I think if we want to kind of get into the actual ga- game part of it, Atalanta had about 10, 15 good minutes in that match. The rest of it was really PSG controlling, but not dominating. I guess you know maybe they they had the possession, but they weren't completely in control. And it was obvious from the beginning when they put that lineup out that they were going to struggle offensively. That was not surprising. No, that midfield was never going to create anything. But it wasn't intended to. That wasn't the point. The point of that midfield, Herrera and Gouillet, was to shut Atalanta down. That was the game plan. The game plan was to survive that first half, shut Atalanta down, get them, wait till they're tired late in the match, and then bring on Paredes and Mbappe and Draxler and go for it. That was, I believe, the plan from the beginning. If that was now, the plan, it worked out brilliantly. Like, it was perfect. Well, the, the, the thing they didn't anticipate was that sort of lucky bounce goal that Atlanta got, where the mm-hmm. ball just sort of ricochets to the, to, the, to the Croatian midfielder. I don't remember his name, but it ricochets to the guy, and he just, you know, curls it into the back of the net. Like, that was sort of a flukish goal. I don't think PSG, that was not part of the plan. But besides that, Atalanta didn't exactly put a bunch of shots on. They had a few shots early in the game, but, like, after 20 minutes, they really were not threatening. And Tomas Tuchel keeps passing these tests. He keeps proving that he can manage at this level. And he's doing something that Laurent Blanc could never do, that Unai Emery obviously could never do, which is to sort of formulate these kinds of game plans specific to the opponent he's playing that work. And this game plan worked. There's no doubt it worked because you got exactly what you wanted. You shut Atalanta down. You limited their shots. I think they had four shots on goal the whole match. Yeah, nine total, four on goal, compared to PSG had 17 total, six on target. Yeah, so they did what they needed to do. And sometimes in football, you can do what your goal is. You can... You can you can do everything you say you're going to do in the game plan, and you still lose. That that happens. But I think PSG got rewarded for being patient, for playing hard, for not getting you know not putting their head down, not quitting. You know they 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 weren't complaining to the refs as much late in the match. You could tell they were just focused, and they believed it. They genuinely believed that they could come through that. And anybody they put on the field, they genuinely believed it. And that's the difference. And it's it's what they've needed this whole time, which is, you know, it's sort of hackneyed and corny to say, but belief is important. And believing that you can go and win, even when it looks like you're dead in the water, like that's the kind of spirit that, champions are made of and PSG proved that they have it now it will it be enough to win them two more matches and get them to the final or get them to win the final I don't know because there are a lot of teams in this there's still teams in this bracket that have that same kind of or may have that same kind of determination I don't know yet but this was important regardless of how it ends you know later in this run, wherever it ends, this was important. And this was a monumental kind of victory for the, for the club, for its history, for its fans. And it, a lot of questions got answered. And I think a lot of um, people's metal were tested and their mentality was tested and they came through it. So, you know, high marks to a lot of those guys. And it's not always going to be 
you know, out of 10, you're not always going to get an eight to a nine out of 10. Like people like Tilo care. I don't think he was an eight out of 10 performance, but he made plays when he needed to make it. He was solid defensively. Um, I think Preston Okimpembe was maybe the best player on the field for PSG at times. Just assured, assured, strong, made plays, went with the best players, was able to step into things, was sure on the ball. Thiago Silva was great. You know, not, not box score kind of deals where it's, you know, a bunch of goals and assists, but these are like, these are the kind of critical players that they don't have to always be excellent or they don't always have to flash out on screen, but you see them and it's just solid. Like Herrera was solid. Gouillet was solid. And they weren't really dogged by Atalanta's press. And part of their game plan, which worked, and I know Navas got hurt and he might not have them for the semi. We'll see. I, I'm, 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 I don't know. We'll see about that. But a lot of the game plan was just to get the ball back to Navas, let him hold on to it for like ten seconds, and then he kicks it deep. And that was smart because it completely threw Atalanta out of their rhythm, and it completely took away Atalanta's press. P- PSG never got in a situation where they were overwhelmed by Atalanta's press. It never. Oh, I was just gonna say. I mean, were you even impressed that much with Atalanta? I mean, coming into it was like, oh. This is going to be an upset. Look out for, you know, look at all the goals they score. They're on this unbeaten run. And, like, if Neymar finishes off, you know, two of those four chances, you know, this is a blowout. I, I didn't really see what all the fuss was about, to be honest with you. I mean, PSG well, went late, but, you know, if they if they finish their chances, this is a blowout. Yes, but they didn't. So it wasn't. True. But, yeah, I mean, when is Neymar going to miss that... shots like that? Yeah, but I think the fact that Atalanta was leading with 89 minutes to go does say something about their about who they are as a team. Well, they're supposed to be like, so high score, and they scored one goal, and it was because of like a Juan Bernat, you know, error or whatever. The, the deflection. It was a de- yeah. but no, but a lot of that was PSG. I give PSG more of the credit of shutting that down than mm-hmm. Atalanta not being good. I like think Atalanta they, I scored. See what everyone was talking about. No, I get that, but the, a lot of that was P, the way PSG played them. Mm-hmm. They just didn't. They didn't give like Zapata wasn't even in the match. He was in Thiago Silva's back pocket. Yeah, and then Papu Gomez wasn't even really in the match, and that was a lot of PSG being good and being good defensively. That's what that was, mm-hmm. and I, I, I want. I always like to give credit where it's due rather than to sort of castigate and blame and i think in this situation psg deserves the lion's share of the credit for making atalanta look that inept Mm -hmm. and you know atalanta looked better against like juventus in the in the syria and against inter milan and so you know they were they scored 95 goals in the syria like that's that's not easy to do i mean syria is what it used to be are we going to give them that much credit for beating Juventus, who just crashed out to Lyon, a team that could not qualify for Europe cr- in Ligue 1? I'm going to give them credit for not having a single like world-class player on their roster and coming within five minutes of beating PSG. So, so here, I, give I, wanna, them cre- I want to talk about At- Atalanta for a second, because everyone's like, oh, they play this great style of football, and they're so attacking. And it's like, what's so beautiful about playing one side of the game? Like, I think it's beautiful what Kempembe does and Thiago Silva does. Why is why are they getting all this praise for playing one aspect of the game? I don't understand this. You know, you know the answer to that. It, people like, just this, like Ooh, they, goals. It's, it, okay. Yes, because people like you know, there's that old there's that old baseball saying where chicks dig the long ball. It's the yeah. same. You know, pe- people like passing in, in goals. Like I don't know what to tell you. That's what people like. That's why Atletico Madrid. I'm watching them right now. Like. Nobody really likes Atletico Madrid. Like, you don't see a bunch of Atletico Madrid fans around. Mm. And part of that is because they don't play the most appealing style in the world. Like, Atalanta is a plucky underdog team that plays an interesting high-voltage style. And PSG were able to neutralize that. A lot of it due to individual talent. A lot of it due to the fact that the system they played, the 4-3-3 that they were able to play, 
very much took away the things that Atalanta likes to do. They, you know, they never really let Atalanta get going. And th- that wasn't the issue for PSG in that match. The issue was clearly they just couldn't generate scoring chances. And most of their chances came once Mbappe came on and once Paredes came on and once Draxler came on. And I, I'll, I'll give Draxler credit. He was good in this game. He was, he was good for what they needed him to do. Yeah. And like, that's important, but it, what it shows, I think is obvious. And we knew this, none of this game really was surprising to me. Kylian Mbappe is really important to what PSG are able to do. Like he's really important in opening up the opponent's defense. He's really important in being able to get them to create chances. And right now, I think it's it's clear that and I, and I, I had this discussion when we were. Um, I, I think I had this discussion on Twitter at some point. The. I think Mbappe was a bigger loss than Verratti. And I and I the reason I said that was because PSG as you saw could game plan in a way that made up a bit for having no Marco Verratti. He's still crucial, obviously. But you can kind of game plan around that part of it. You can put you can get ultra defensive, you can have two sort of you can play that midfield that they played, and it sort of makes up for it defensively, if not offense. Obviously, not offensively. They could not make up for the fact that they just could not get near a goal. That that they just could not make up. They couldn't. They couldn't scheme their way into scoring chances, and a lot of it's going to go on Mauro Icardi because I yeah. I think that people misunderstand what he's there for and what he does well. And he's not, if he's your best player, you're probably not going to win a lot. If he's your second best player, you're probably not going to win a lot. If he's your third best attacking option or your fourth best, then you're in a pretty good situation and he can kind of pick off the table scraps. He's not good at making runs off the ball to the near post or the far post the way Mbappe is. He's not a he's a very one-dimensional striker in the sense that he can't play off the wing. And they need a strike they need somebody that can play off the wing and that's what Mbappe is able to do. Mbappe can play the game outside in. Icardi's not that guy. And he can't make up for it when Mbappe's gone. He just, that's not his skill set. So what you end up plays in the next round, if you've got Di Maria coming back with a front three of Mbappe, Neymar, and Di Maria, maybe Icardi starts on the bench. It it depends. It depends who you play. Mm -hmm. And right now it's 1 1 Leipzig and Atletico. So we we should say we're recording this Thursday afternoon during the game, uh, Leipzig and Atletico. So the hope is that this game ends in regulation so that we can preview who PSG are going to play, which, uh, you know, the way Atletico play, that may not exactly happen. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, but anywho, over it. I think Icardi is a really great box striker. And to be a great box striker, you need the ball to be put in the box. And with just Neymar that's not going to happen in the same way. Mm-hmm. Like if they play with a front four and they do, so they do Icardi, Mbappe, Di Maria and Neymar, Icardi's going to get loads of chances and he's going to probably score some goals. Cause that's how he, that's what he needs. He needs those guys giving him service. He just, he's not going to be the kind of player that, that even like Cavani could, where Cavani could sort of play off the wing a little bit and get some chances that way. It just is so like putting this on a cardi is just not. I don't think it's helpful because, as well as Chupa Moting played in the twenty minutes he was in the game or the ten minutes he was in the game, his job is not to. Um, he can't be a ninety-minute or even a sixty-minute guy in a big Champions League match. He's a he's a bench guy, and that's what he is, and he's good at it. So let him do that job as opposed to. 
thinking that he can somehow be a starter in the in these matches. So again, I, I just I, I feel like being hard on Nicardi, especially with the fact that he's probably playing a little injured, mm-hmm. is it's not fair in my mind. It's just because what did you expect him to do? He's not he, he's not generating his own offense, and quite frankly, the the way they used him is they kind of used him as a true nine. They let him do some hold up play. They hoofed long balls to him, and he actually did that pretty well. The thing he didn't do well was like have chances in the box and get himself in position to score. I, I think so, a team like Atletico, he could be efficient. I think he could do some damage there. But against Leipzig, way more athletic, a lot faster, attack minded. I think kind of the same thing with Atalanta. I just think that it's not his style. It's not his game. Well, and that's true. You can play Mbappe, Di Maria, Neymar as a front three, and then. Basically do the same lineup except put Paredes in for uh, Herrera. Because I think Herrera was there specifically to chase the ball against Atalanta. I don't know if you're going to need him to do that as much against... Obviously against Atletico, they're not going to need a Herrera to chase the ball. You know, maybe against Leipzig, but I don't even think Leipzig is... They're not as as sort of specialized as Atalanta is, but... Now they they do have some good midfield players. I mean, they, I'm just watching them here and, and very active, attack minded, pressing the ball. Everyone seems to be really good dribbling wise, creating. I mean, they I think they could cause PSG some problems. Like I know Atletico is more defensive minded and we're kind of more attack and it's offense versus defense, and that would be fun to watch. But I, I'm a little bit scared of this Leipzig team because. They're young and they don't know what they don't know. And, and they're just going to go out there and just go all out. They're in the semifinals of the Champions League. Why be scared of PSG? Give it your all. So I would be kind of nervous about playing Leipzig if, if it's them. Yeah, I don't think PSG have any need to be nervous about any of these teams. I don't think they should be nervous about playing either of these teams. I think they're both, they both present their problems, but I think PSG are better than both of these teams. But like, just getting back to what yeah. happened yesterday... It once Mbappe came on, obviously that game, it just it very much changed, and it shows sort of what we've known for you know none of this is surprising, obviously, mm-hmm. but Neymar and Mbappe are really are a really dominant attacking pair. Like it's not a front three, it's not really a three. You know, remember in seventeen eighteen they tried to make. Neymar, Mbappe, and Cavani a thing. Yeah. And it's like, it wasn't a thing. It You know, MCN, MCN is not yeah. a thing. MCN. That wasn't a thing. The thing is, Neymar and Mbappe, those are the two. And those are the two guys that make it, um, those are the two guys that make everything go. And you can't really, in this PSG setup, you can't really do one without the other. They're the two they're the best pre- duo in world football. I'm I'm pretty confident yes. in saying that. There's no other no, duo on any other team. No, there's no duo better than those two. There's no two players that are able to sort of dominate a match the way those two can, and the way those two can together. And it just showed in that. Um, it just showed in that match. Like once they got it moving, once it you know once you got about 10, 15 minutes in with Mbappe and he got some rhythm going, like they they really were the aggressor. They were clearly on the ascendancy, and it was really a matter of if PSG ran out of time. And it looked like they had run out of time. And it looked like Atalanta had sort of survived the worst of it. And then it's just, you know, individual brilliance. That That's what it comes down to in the end. And Neymar being able to get that ball down and get it somehow into the box, Marquinhos with that, sort of scuffed finish, but again, it got in, and they sort of needed that ugly goal. Like, they needed to have that ugly goal to sort of get them moving, because they weren't going to get it pretty. You know what I mean? They weren't going to... It wasn't going to be a beautiful goal that got them going. It was going to be something like that. Yeah, Adelina had already kind of just hit the eject button on their offense, and they were kind of sitting back, and they they were holding on for dear life, and so they were just kind of sitting back, and you were never going to score... You know, a counter attack, you know, sprinting goal with 
Mbappe blasting one from outside the box. You you weren't going to get that. So it was a scrappy goal. And, you know, Marquinhos, future captain of the club. I mean, when that went in, you saw Tuchel on the sideline pumping his fist, screaming, and you knew something was coming, whether it was in regulation or maybe even in stoppage time, whatever it might be. That's when the tide started to turn. And I want to get to the to the moment when Chupa Moting scored. Like, I, I tweeted, I was like, I have no words. Like, when they scored, I was like, I have never seen this. As a PSG fan, <laughs> since I've been following the club, I had never seen something like this. I mean, this is what you see, like Liverpool, or, you know, teams that are much more loved than, than PSG. And and it finally, something like that happened with PSG. Um, and in, and for Chupa Moting, who has always been remembered for that horrific miss that he had last season, where he kind of stopped the ball in the goal line, for now that he will be remembered for this. Um, it's, it's incredible. Well, it couldn't have, and, and usually when people say this, they mean it sarcastically. But seriously, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. I'll ask you one other question. We do have some Twitter questions, and at SFN Daily wants to know, is it worth giving Chupo a new contract? It depends what he wants, but, you know, if he if he's willing to come back on something similar to what he had, I, I, I think it's worth at least talking about. Really, I do. I think it's worth, because he's like a perfect, you know, role player. Like that's what he, he, that, and he's a good, he's a good, um, he's a good locker room guy. He's a good morale guy. And you saw how happy they were for him. Like, and that was, that goal was very, PSG have scored that goal about a hundred times over the last three years. The Neymar release to Mbappe, Mbappe squares it. And then whoever the striker is in the box finishes. Like they they've scored that goal about a hundred feels like a yeah. hundred times. That's like that is ground. yeah they've definitely that's done a that signature times. PSG goal. That's when you know and Chupo Moting and this is sort of the you know when you're a role player and you get that opportunity to make that difference and that ball rolls to you and he did what he had to do. Like he didn't do anything extraordinary. It wasn't this magnificent you know. It wasn't some like some of the goals he scored, mm-hmm. but like that was that was impressive. Just you, you to, remember, that he was, I, that he was, was in the right place at the right time, yeah. And that he was able to, and it was so clinical. And you never had once that ball came in the box, you never had a doubt that he was going to put it in. Like that's real. That's a reliable kind of guy that you you want on your roster. Was it was it John Malangi who had tweeted, or maybe someone, one of our other contributors, that like, you know, any time that Chuba Moting has had a chance to play the season, he hasn't looked terrible. I remember he had that kind of spinning goal earlier in the season, a very, you know, like a world class goal, like coming from him. Like, he's not a scrub. You know, people kind of laugh. I don't know how he got this like joke thing. I think because he made the move from Stoke to PSG, people were automatically like dismissing him, but. I mean, he's had some good goals this year, and especially late on in some of the friendlies, he looked really good. And it's not that surprising that he was Johnny on the spot there and, and was right there to stick his leg out and score the goal. I mean, if he think about it, if he is a half step too slow, that ball goes through. PSG don't score. Who knows what happens? And Tuchel could, you know, be sacked. And who knows if Neymar and Mbappe? I mean, there's so much in all the media and the questions. and it, Everything changed with him just being in the right place at the right time. Um, so hopefully oh, to answer yeah. the, the guy's question, I, I hope that we can come to some kind of terms because you're right. He's not a problem in the locker room. He's not looking for a ton of minutes. So let's work something out. You know, he's, he's a club legend now. Well, yeah. And he's, I would agree. I think that that scoring a goal like that makes you a club legend in the same way that David Tyree is a giants, New York giants legend. <laughs> The same way Aaron Boone is a is a Yankee legend, like that. You know that's that's what happens, and it's like here's the thing. What's the guy if, at Liverpool who if, scored the goal against Barcelona to knock them out? Divacarigi. Yeah, I mean he doesn't play, but he's a legend. They all love him there because of that one goal. Yeah. No, and that that's you know that's sort of the great thing about you know that's sort of the great thing about all of this, and it's like. Compare, like, think about it. Compare Chupo Moting to, like, the general population. He's, like, in the top 10 percentile of 
football players in around the world. Like he's he is an elite athlete. But like put him next to Neymar and Mbappe and Di Maria, he looks like a you know, he looks like a scrub compared to those guys. But obviously he's not. Like people and it's it's sort of a perception thing. It's like clearly the guy is a great football player compared to like, you know, all the football players that play around the world, but you put him in PSG and he sort of he doesn't look as impressive, but that doesn't mean that he can't do those sort of things that contribute to to winning championships. I was just looking so, at the transfer market, and it does say you know his contract option is has an option for a further year, so maybe he can. Maybe it's up to him. You know, I don't know if he can keep the same wages. Well, we'll see. Year. Either way, if he stays or goes, he leaves as a you know he he the, he, he leaves with the. Uh, with the appreciation of a grateful nation, and and some it got lost in all the craziness at the end. But Neymar was given the man of the match for those who were like, "Oh, he missed so many chances. He didn't do anything. He was man of the match. He created that game-winning goal." And everyone says he's selfish. He gave his man of the match trophy to Chupa Moting. So Neymar likes this team a lot. You can tell he's having a lot of fun. You could see the emotion at the end. Like this is a, not the same Neymar that we've seen and. The media will never give him credit, and that's fine. But we will, and uh, he—it's just what we've seen all season. He—he's completely committed to this team. He's not been an issue, and he is giving 110 percent, and and it's showing on the pitch. And he's earning that 222 million buyout clause that PSG had to pay. I mean, he—he he is a hell of a player, and I think he would walk into any other team in the world. And uh, I'm glad he's at PSG. And from what I'm reading. And from the president Nasser, you know his comments. He he said Neymar and Mbappe are never leaving. So, yeah, I think he was a little excited. <laughs> maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. But I think it's. I mean, look at Neymar's age and how happy he is. I think it's possible. And then maybe Mbappe is thinking like, where am I going to find another teammate like this? Why not sign another two or three year deal and then move on to Real Madrid or something? That's not maybe. beyond the realm, of, realm of possibility. No, I I think here here's the thing for somebody that you know for somebody that's being paid forty million euros a year, he's had t- a tough couple of years, and this yeah. didn't go I think the way he thought it was going to go. But you you're starting to see the maturity with him now. I think he understands that to be the when he made the move that he was you know. He, he hadn't yet internalized the fact that he really had to be a leader. Like he had to be, you know, he had to be a responsible leader of a team. And I think he's gotten to that place now. I think he understands sort of what his responsibilities are as the best player on the team, or if not one, he's one a, and because of seniority, it kind of puts him a little bit ahead of Mbappe in that sense. But you saw a really sort of mature, determined performance that, again, he struggled to finish. And that was about to sort of mar what he'd done. But, you know, 16 take-ons, that, that, that was like, a, what was that, a Champions League record? Yeah, it was a record. Of, he was dribbling through people. He was drawing fouls. Atalanta had six yellow cards. More than half their team was on yellow cards by the end of the match. You never see and that. Really no, and Neymar basically created everything. Any major chance, Neymar created it. Even if he didn't even finish it, he created it. And oh, Mark, I got to got him- Leipzig with a goal in the 88th minute. Oh, I didn't. I, I'm. I'm not at that point. <laughs> Sorry. You, Spoiler you, alert. You, you, you spo- well, thank you. <laughs> we could have started with that. How is it the American Tyler, Tyler Adams here? The American. Oh, that. Oh, we're never going to hear the, the end of that. <laughs> Again. Oh, here we go. I think I'm about to see it. Should we start preparing for? Oh, on a deflection. He'll take it though. Oh, so I mean, def- unless there's a, unless Madrid can pull out a PSG escape here, it's looking like PSG and Leipzig. Um, well, we can stick around to the end of this game and we can keep bloviating until we know who who uh, PSG will play. But yeah, right now it's looking like Leipzig. But uh, yeah, finish your point on Neymar. I, I just I thought he was spectacular, and um, you know, 
another story that came out. Thomas Mounier, who who had left on a free transfer to Dortmund, uh, basically blasted the club for their partying ways, and it seemed kind of directed at Neymar and his lavish birthday party. So, one person who doesn't think Neymar has matured is is Thomas Mounier. If you care, well, I know somebody that's never been invited to the birthday party. Then, yeah. Look, Thomas Mounier was always a bit of a a bit of an aloof character. You know, he's always sort of been that way. Like, that's not all that surprising. You know, he he was never really part of that group. So I get it. And quite frankly, Tilo Kerr has been better. And Mm -hmm. Tilo Kerr has been better for what they've needed. So it's not like they've missed Meunier by any stretch of the imagination. But to get back to Neymar, like, no, you can be, you can have the parties. You can have all of the the fun Neymar stuff. Mm -hmm. As long as when you get in between the lines, you show up and you play the way that he played. That's always been the deal. And he's not the kind of stoic, um, again, don't spoil anything if Atletico score or something. Okay, I'm not, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay quiet. Okay, please do. Um, But, and he, it's he can do all that stuff. That's Neymar, and to try to, you know, he's not anything else but that. And if he can't be the sort of party guy that can turn it on when he gets onto the field, you know, what is he then? And I feel like if he can do both, if he can be the sort of, you know, samba spiritual leader of the club that you know that all of them sort of gather around and he's sort of the godfather. It seems, which it seems like he is with that team. Like it seems like everyone sort of gravitates to him as the leader. Then, you know, and then he can go onto the field and he can play that kind of game and he can be that determined and he can track back defensively and he can attack when he needs to, and he can take on guys and he can create for other players. Like that's the Neymar package. And that's what PSG signed up for at the beginning of this. And they wouldn't want it any other way. And Mbappe sort of has that playfulness too, but with him, it's like, he's got, he's got that killer in him too. Mm -hmm. So they, they work well as a pair. And then you have a guy like Di Maria who can, who can sort of uh, give you those big moments once in a while when you need them. And you have Marquinhos yeah. and Thiago Silva and Kimpembe. And you, it, it's a team. They've built a team that has a hierarchy, that has levels to, the, to it. You have the stars, the superstars. You have the regular stars. You have the role players. Everyone sort of gets their role at the club. And there's no sort of, oh, I should be getting more minutes. You know, Julian Draxler isn't complaining about his minutes. <laughs> Leandro Paredes is girlfriend compl- just taken in Paris. He's not complaining. But no, but that's what you don't want complaint. You want people that are a hundred percent committed to the to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And right now that's what PSG have. And it's clear that that's been cultivated over the last, you know, cup a year and a half or so. And that Manchester United loss sort of has acted as a turning point, I think, mm-hmm. where I think those players needed to look themselves in the mirror and go, is this what we want to be? And I said it at, you know, before the Dortmund win and I'll, I'll, I'll sort of repeat it again. Cause I think it's important. PSG had been punched in the face so many times. Those players had been punched, you know, metaphorically punched, mocked, spit at, mm-hmm. humiliated. At some point they had to, you know, somebody had to say no more, no mas, and had to stand up to it and had to fight back. And what you've seen is P- a PSG that fights back now. They don't take it. They don't sulk. They don't go, woe is me. They don't blame the ref. They don't blame the sun. They don't blame VAR. They suck it up. They, yeah. you know, they... They get their lunch pail and they go to work. And that's what we've wanted. That's what we've been wanting from them, which is if you could combine the talent with the hard work and determination, with the teamwork, if you could put it all together in a package, 
that's what we've been waiting for. And for so long, PSG have just sort of been the talents. And you know, now they have the whole now they have the whole package. And you know, we saw signs of this in the group stage against Real Madrid at the Bernabeu we when did. they were down was it two goals and they came back to, to draw level at two two. Um, and even much l- lesser competition against Amiens. Remember late in the season, they were down, what, like 3-1, three, three, something like that, and they came back and it was 4-4, four, four, I think it's the, the final score. So, like, we've seen flashes of this team not quitting, not giving up, battling back, whether it's the Champions League or just a league game. And so that stuff matters. People think, oh, well, it's just a French league game. Who cares? I mean, but that stuff matters, you know, having that muscle memory of battling back late in the game, scoring goals, never giving up, knowing what to do, not buckling under the pressure. Super important, and we're seeing it pay dividends here. And, you know, we're still uh, 2-1 Leipzig. And so, you know, maybe against Leipzig, if that's the team that PSG will play, you know, maybe PSG well, will have to dig deep again. Well, I, they're going to have to deep – whoever they play, they have to dig deep. But it's an interesting – um, it becomes an interesting match. Those, the, like, I mean, I think we're getting to that point where it's pretty clear what's about to happen, unless again a miracle. But Leipzig's an interesting opponent. I think Atletico would have been a bigger um, tactical test in the sense that PSG would have had to create, you know, would have had to figure they would have had to have figured out a way to sort of create chances against this club. Mm-hmm. Leipzig is more, I think, I don't think tactically PSG have to do anything different than what they do normally. It's just, again, if you play your game, you probably win. I would agree with that. Yeah, and the thing with Atletico and the problem with their style is that it helps them beat bigger opponents but it also makes them vulnerable to teams like Leipzig. Like that's why Atletico's style is a double-edged sword because it'll keep you in matches against teams that are better than you, but it also gives teams that are worse than you a chance to um, stay in the match. And Leipzig deserved to win this match. Let's be pretty clear about that. And it's, it's a really interesting, I think similar in style to a way Obviously, PSG have the the talent mm-hmm. edge. They haven't been the... Yes, they do. That should be fun. Um, but what's also a problem, what also is an issue for Leipzig is that I think they're going to feel the loss of Timo Werner more against a team like PSG than they do in this match. I do like Poulsen on their team, but I don't... He's not Werner. Like, that's... No, he's not Werner. Goals. Yeah, that's a tough. That's tough to sustain that over time, and I I think PSG are obviously going to be the favorites against Leipzig. I think Leipzig are good enough to beat PSG. Obviously, it's one game. Mm-hmm. What I'm seeing is a team that is going to struggle to finish. I think they they are going to need to make those sort of that 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 last goal was a bit flukish. But, you know, it, on a, off a deflection, but a goal is a goal. And Leipzig are going to attack. Leipzig aren't going to, you know, Leipzig aren't going to completely park the bus against PSG. You're going to see Leipzig, you know, go for it. I think Leipzig will also be smart enough. Oh, boy. This, this is sort of the Atletico sort of, I'm not going to miss not having to play this shithousery of Atletico Madrid. Because I do think that poses its challenge too. Yeah. Where you have to, where you're basically in a street fight for half the game. But no, it, it's an interesting match. Like Leipzig is, a, it pre- presents its problems. I think Leipzig are really good at, at, you know, getting the ball to the wings. They're getting into the final third pretty easily against a team like Atletico who are good defensively. Mm-hmm. And, you know, PSG are going to have to be sharp. And obviously Mbappe is probably going to start. Um, I don't see if Navas doesn't start. Obviously, that's bad. But Rico. I, I think Rico is competent enough. I don't think Leipzig presents 
the sort of pressing mm-hmm. concern in that sense that would throw Rico off. And I think they can take a lot of that pressure off of him with Silva and Kimpembe, and they can take that pressure off to have to really play the ball the way Navas has. But, um, yeah, it's a one-game elimination. Anything can basically happen. So, you know, no need for PSG fans to get excited. It's not Mm -hmm. a thing about getting excited about playing Leipzig. But I think it allows PSG to sort of play their game rather than having to game plan and bang their head against the Atletico Madrid wall, which, you know, could be frustrating. Very frustrating. But how Leipzig did Leipzig just did it. Yeah. I mean, that. uh, well, think about it, though, really. Like, there's a chance that we have PSG, Manchester City, and RB Leipzig in the Champions League semifinal. And we know how much Leipzig is beloved in Germany for the way they've sort of spent their money over the years. It's I think anyone that... Will... I, I love that they no, this... skirted the rules. Like, anytime a club can figure out how to get around these, like, archaic, stupid rules, you know, I love it. And everyone, like, in Germany in the Bundesliga is like, we're fan-owned and blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's so stupid. And it's like, this is modern football. This is how it is. And I love that Leipzig found a way around that and just said, like, screw you all. We're going to go against your stupid rules anyway. And then you have, again, that's, it, it's pretty much going to be Bayern and, and Barcelona from the old guard, unless like OL can pull out a miracle. Which on the other podcast, I did say Leon is taking down Manchester City. I've called it when it happens. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't start Joe Felix. I think it's, a, I think that was a mistake. I think Atletico sort of, didn't bring their best guys out the way they needed to in this match. So, you know, we're not analyzing that match, obviously, but I, 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 it's tough to make a prediction. I think PSG advance. I don't know the score. I think those at those, uh, Neymar and Mbappe and Di Maria and Icardi off the bench are starting. And, um, I think that's going to be too much. I, I just, I, Sorry, I was just going to say, like, if you told all of us, hey, all you guys got to do is, uh, you know, beat Leipzig and you're in the Champions League final one game, just beat them. Like, we all would have taken that. This is the best scenario anyone could have hoped for. It's going to be, it's an opportunity. Leipzig's a good team. It's not going to be a cakewalk by any means. But, like, this is a amazing opportunity that 10 out of 10 PSG fans would have taken at the beginning of the season. Oh, I would take it. I think it's better than having a slog through an Atletico Madrid match. Oh, for sure. But, you know, I'm not taking Leipzig for granted here. They're going to have to go out, and those stars are going to have to be stars. And that's going to be the difference. Like, Atletico just doesn't have that level of star that PSG have at that any attack. And add Di Maria, add yeah. Mbappe for the full game. You know, possibly they – I think they – I think because Leipzig is good enough offensively, I think they'll stay with the 4-3-3. I think you'll get Mbappe starting with Icardi coming off the bench if they need him. Mm-hmm. And then Marquinhos, Gouillet, and Paredes. I'm not sure if Verratti's back. We'll see. Maybe they get Verratti some minutes later in the match, if possible. I think that's I, your best case. I think your well, best case scenario is that it, that Verratti plays like 25 minutes at the end of the match. That's your best case. I mean, if Verratti can let's just assume if he can go 90 minutes. I, I it's against Leipzig. I need to have Marquinhos and Kimpembe in the back. I think Silva picked up a little bit of a, a muscle injury. We'll have to keep an eye on that. But no, yeah. but they don't have Leipzig. Don't have the kind of striker mm-hmm. right now that worries me. With Thiago Silva. It's all I don't about the think... wings. Bernat and Kerr. I mean, this is the game for them. They've Both of them got to have an amazing game. I think Kerr will hold up. I think they'll give Silva help. I'm not worried about that. I think they... I think this is a game where Silva... Silva will be able to read the game in front of him. He doesn't have to, you know, play a guy like Holland or Zapata. Mm. 
it's a better it even though he did well against Zapata, I think it's a good I think this is a decent matchup for Silva. I'm not as worried about that in this case. I'd be scared I'd be really worried if they go into a final and have to play Lewand and he has to mark Lewandowski. That might be a problem. But I I don't see it being a problem against Leipzig. And I see PSG being able to, you know, work their way through it with Paredes in there. Maybe Verratti comes in at the end, gets some, hopefully gets those minutes so that he can start the final. And the, the goal, obviously, is to try to not let Leipzig get a bunch of shots on Sergio Rico, mm-hmm. which I think they'll be able to do. I think PSG have shown that they can sort of lock down midfields now. They can control a game without the ball. So, first blush, PSG have the advantage. It's not a cavernous advantage. It's not like they should win this game by four goals or anything. But they should win it. And They're getting Di Maria back, who you could make an argument has been their best player all year. I mean, Di Maria has been fabulous. Just creating his passes. I mean, he has been – it doesn't matter who the opponent is. He is unlocking defenses, getting him back. And he wasn't injured, so he's going to be ready to go. He just had the suspension. That is a huge, huge, huge boost for PSG. And if you can get 25, 30 minutes out of Verratti, another huge boost. I, I really like PSG in this game, but it's gonna, they got to play their game. They can't miss chances. you know. And I think well, with agree. the Champions League final on the line, Neymar is not going to miss those chances again. He's not going to have two games like that. Well, yeah, I agree. And having Mbappe back is clearly – that too. It will yeah. clearly force light. Here, if you w- watch this game, once they Atletico put Jao Felix in the match, it forced Leipzig to have to actually play defense. Like for the first sixty minutes of the match, Leipzig did not have to play defense at all against mm-hmm. Atletico. Like there was nothing to what Atletico was doing at all, and I think with Mbappe from the start. Leipzig are going to have to play defense. They're going to have to – that good center back they have, Upamenko, I think his name is. Yeah, Upacano, I think. Upacano, like, yeah. I, I watched him run with the ball. If we can get he's him good. this summer, I'll take him. <laughs> he's good, but he's not – I don't look – he looks more to me like a, a forward, more aggressive center back. Yeah. Meaning yeah, I so think much, they can yeah. – I think they can be exploited in the back. I think mm-hmm. they can that back three can get exploited by Mbappe and Di Maria. Neymar, the pressure's off him a little bit. He doesn't have to be as all encompassing as he was against Atalanta. So Mbappe, it's Mbappe's a decent, gonna be it's, ruthless. He's gonna oh, be, it's a de- like he he has a a chance to win the Champions League. And he's already won every trophy in France. He's already a World Cup winner. You know, there's no Ballon d'Or, but he would probably win it. Um, like he is going to just go all out and carry this team. I don't think there's any way that Neymar and Mbappe let PSG lose this game. I just don't think there's a way that they allow that to happen. Yeah, and in football, usually talent wins out in the end, which is what happened against Atalanta. The talent, mm-hmm. won, the talent won out in the end. And if PSG can, you know, take their chances, it's gonna sort of work out that same way. I would agree with that. So we're running up on an hour here. Um, Mark, always good chatting about the, the result, especially when it goes in PSG's way. Um, what is it? Tuesday. We've got what they got the match against um, Leipzig. So we'll probably yep. do a recap of that. I don't know if we can get a pod in before it, um, but look, you know, visit PSGtalk.com. We'll have a whole lot more leading up to this match. And, you know, we'll try to get something up on the podcast as soon after we know the results. And it's either going to be party central because we're going to the Champions League final, or it's going to be kind of a, a sad affair. So hopefully it's not that we'll have reason to celebrate, but um, Mark, how can people find you on Twitter? If they want to interact with you. Well, uh, I, I said this on the last show, but I'll repeat it. I yes. changed my Twitter because I, I kind of wanted a fresh start and I wanted it to be more sort of sports centric rather than me sort of, you know, getting out my grievances and other topics. It makes it more inclusive that way. So you can follow me at Mark Damon nine. That's at Mark Damon nine. 
I like it. And as always, you can find me at PSG Talk uh, on Twitter. Go to our website, visit Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, and we will catch you on the next show. Thanks, everyone. Yep. Au revoir for now.